Hey guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Erin, here uh, with a lovely um, gaming and community person, Kyle. Say hi, Kyle. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Uh, Kyle, why don't you introduce the audience to you a little bit? Oh, man. I wasn't ready <laughs> for that. <laughs> I could tell you a list of things that I do. <laughs> The the biggest thing nice. I think that I came up with the podcast for was because I'm I'm involved in like the local New York uh, game development scene, um, which is a, in a weird place now, obviously because everyone is at home. Mm. But through that community, I know a lot of people, and I'm also working on uh, kind of like a tactics and strategy game called Cantata. Um, so that occupies most of my time. Um, I work on that full time, and that's through a company I co-founded with my wife called After School Studio. Cantata is an idea I've had for a long time. I've been working on it probably now for about almost four years, probably. Wow. Um, and just the, the path of making a video game is very difficult. <laughs> uh, but then on the side, I have currently, I run a newsletter called Rendered, which is a newsletter that's dedicated to, I call it emerging realities. So I talk about um, volumetric capture, game engines, programming, technology stuff. Um, it's meant to sort of be a, a more editorial voice in a space that's typically a lot more geared towards like PR and kind of practitioner stuff. So I try to kind of add some opinions to like when someone announces a new game engine feature. It sounds pretty niche, but it's it's rendered as surprisingly found a good audience already, which has been very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine, uh, especially as gaming gets more exciting and complex with a lot of different things, people, more people kind of want more guidance into figuring out how all of that works. So it makes sense to me. Yeah, I think my my sort of approach with Rendered specifically is like, I, I know a lot of people kind of in the space in general, because my previous job, I had co-founded this studio called Scatter, uh, which is a kind of immersive creative, uh, immersive media creative studio, as well as a software company. We made the software called DepthKit, um, which is a tool that does volumetric video capture. Um, and kind of through that, uh, I helped really grow the community around this thing. And so a lot of, and through that, I mean, I ran this meetup called um, the Volumetric Filmmakers NYC meetup that ended up being really big. Uh, we had like almost 300 people for our last meetup. So that was like a big thing. So I'm kind of used to like talking with people in this community and sort of seeing the types of stuff they want to hear about um, and rendered is sort of like a kind of like a corollary to that um, where, I mean, obviously it's hard to do a meetup now when everyone is at home. So trying to do something that gets at the spirit of some of that community organizi organizing stuff I did before through the meetup, uh, but doing it more through a newsletter now. So that's the, the recent past of me, but yeah, cantata is definitely the main thing right now. And um, yeah, why don't you why don't you talk a little bit more about? You said that game creation obviously takes a really long time, but like yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you kind of dedicated yourself to kind of going through this. Um, what was committing to that like? I mean, four years is a long time. I think it's a it's a thing where you're not really aware how much of a commitment you're making at the start. Uh, the, the, like the seed of the idea really started actually a long time ago um, through just like listening to podcasts about video games and about strategy games specifically. And at the time um, I've sort of like straddled the worlds of filmmaking and video games kind of back and forth uh, before I was doing this um, creative studio thing. I was actually a director for like PBS and MTV. And um, before that awesome. I was like in a, in a computer science program. So I've kind of like gone back and forth. And when I started to like make the thing, I was like fully pendulum side on the side of film and then was like, oh, oh, I, I can make video games. I should make a thing that's like a response to what these people are saying. 
Um, and then through that sort of like become a better game developer. Um, the game is made in Unity and oh, I was trying to I get see. hired. So um, I had like got like a traditional computer science education, but they don't really teach you game development. And I was like, oh, well, I want to get a job maybe like doing game stuff. This would be a good project to like learn how to do game development through. And so I started yeah, doing okay. that and it started like being a small idea. And then over time, it sort of became like the thing. But I've done other smaller game projects on the side as sort of like release valves, you know, that come from wanting to do something that's not on a four-year time span. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine, you know, when you're just working towards one thing for the whole time, it, you know, you need something else to kind of create at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so is it, it's, but it's finished now. Have you find it's like, no, it's, it's not finished. It's not finished. It's not finished. No, oh, it's, boy. um, I think I tell people, it always feels like it's about a year and a half away. Um, for a long time, I've been trying to pitch to publishers to pick the game up, Mm. um, which if you don't know about video game publishers, the idea is it's kind it's basically like investors, um, where they'll potentially fund the game for some period of time and then exchange for some revenue split once the game is released. Um, and for a long time I had a full-time job, so I was just doing this on the side, but now that I'm doing it full-time, I'm kind of more actively seeking funding for the game. Um, gotcha. sort of pitching against about a year and a half away. Uh, I like to tell people that the game right now is like most of the systems are in, like the core of the game is there and it needs just a lot of content. And I'm not like a visual artist. So I need money to like pay uh, people who are doing all the sprite work and pay the people who are making the music and pay the people who are doing all the writing. Just doing the programming myself sort of takes, it just takes time. And um, and learning too. Uh, I mean, learning totally. It's a whole different language, right? Like just kind of trying to figure all of that out. Yeah. yeah. And also just kind of figuring out what the game is as well. Sure. Like even though I had this sort of seed of an idea five or six years ago now, the game itself is, it's so close to that, but it is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's changed um, since that very first idea and figuring out what that should be is sort of a process and why it takes a long time. So my, my day job is in book publishing and like, it sounds surprisingly similar actually. Um, But also most of the writing is rewriting. Like you have a finished product, but it's not really where it's going to be when you publish it until like maybe like a couple of years later, because most of the work is actually not even finished yet. Yeah. Games are weird because it's like, I can't remember what the exact word is, uh, but there's a word that I think it was, uh, I wish I could remember. I think it's like, Wagner made up this word, but it's it's this idea of, I think Robert Yang, who's this um, local developer who uh, teaches out of NYU, because mm. quoted have said this about games, but that specifically like um, like in you know the 1700s or whatever, like opera was sort of this thing. the The word that I can't remember translates roughly to total works of art, um, mm. where the okay. idea is that it is it is the, it is games are the medium of this time that are that because it's a discipline that spans all disciplines. So to make like a video game, you need to know art, music, sound design, graphics, visuals, writing, editing, like it's, it's everything for now. Um, We don't know what that will be, you know, 50 years in the future or 200 years in the future, but right now, like this is the thing. So it's, it's really hard because as a person who wants to make a game, there's sort of this like mystique and allure and idea of like the single game developer or like the sole indie developer 
um, is sort of like wonderkins who can just do everything, um, which I think can be true for something like a book where it's like, oh yes, this person wrote this book. Yeah. Totally. I think like there are actually very few cases in games where truly one person has done everything. It's hard because stuff just gets big. <laughs> you don't really realize how much you're setting out to do. And it's why games projects always run over deadlines because it's just even the best sure. studios have, a, have an issue getting stuff out on time. I can see how that can be massive and <laughs> difficult to navigate. Uh, so good for you for working through it. <laughs> um, and uh, I mean, it sounds like at the very least you have a good gaming community behind you. Uh, how is that in New York? It's good. I think it's... Someone actually, I think it's this guy, Charles Wong. Uh, Huang? He's, a, he's another game developer in the city. And he actually said um, on a blog post, he wrote that the New York independent game development scene is more often defined not by who's in it, but where people go from New York. Mm. Um, because New York is so expensive and... Um, yeah. Games are, games are not only hard to make, but games are in a weird position right now where there is a lot of options. I mean, book publishing is actually, there's a, there's a really great article I read once about how like people who are complaining that like the market for games is crowded. It's like, look at like romance fiction. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, there's so much more, like you guys have nothing going on. But I think the issue is that like you could crank out like 30 Harlequin novels in like a year and cranking out 30 video games can take like a lifetime. It's a different, different thing, but basically his, his blog post was that because like the constraints of New York are so kind of serious where uh, it's very expensive to live. Uh, there's no really good um, routes to uh, high level paying jobs. Like there's not a lot of big studios here. There's yeah. um, Avalanche has a studio. Rockstar has like kind of a, a studio that's more dedicated to cinematics. And there's like people can fly maybe and then maybe one other studio. Um, but all those are also smaller branches of much bigger studios that are also headquartered elsewhere. Like Rockstar is still headquartered in London. So what people do is they come here, you know, for college or for whatever reason, you know, pursuing their dreams, the you know, <laughs> concrete jungle. But then like after sort of like doing their time, will kind of bounce out to other places. So they'll yeah. like come do the NYU Game Center thing and then like maybe be involved in the local community. But then like if they're successful, like go move to Seattle where companies are or like go move to Vancouver or go move to LA or something. So the amount of people that actually like are around in New York consistently sort of fluctuates. I'm definitely part of the community, but also it feels sort of like a revolving door at times of people who are in and out hmm. all the time. So it's sort of weird to get a foothold. Um, yeah. Because also like no one unless you become a super famous indie developer, it's not like you have enough money to like buy a house and like have kids. Like you want to, if you want to have kids right. with someone, like you have to go move to New Jersey even. And that Jersey has its own scene going on. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a weird thing where like the, it's not a place that has made itself accommodating to independent game developers. Mm. And last note on this, actually the game center was leading an effort against, um, I don't know if it was the city specifically or New York State, but there was at one point this sort of tax credit proposed that would have been a, a boon for game development yeah. um, and it got struck down. And so it was just like, well, the state does not seem interested in what a bummer. Like... supporting this culture. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> the people are like, okay, well, we're going to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after a certain point, I feel like it's a little difficult creatively to kind of realize that sometimes a city is not, it's not for people, like in a way, like. Totally. It, it seems like it's a place for people who have means and money and dedication. Yeah. I mean, Radio Free Brooklyn is a nonprofit and none of us get paid to be here. And in that way, we are 
extremely lucky that we are able to commit to doing this while we're here. Um, but it's interesting to kind of see what that means, like trying to remain a part, like a representation of that creative outlet in the, a city that seems so driven to preventing that kind of a community. Right. But I'm glad to know people are still trying. Still trying. Um, <laughs> I've been here for seven years now. And you know. I, I mean, I, I'm kind of like feeling the itch to leave a little bit, but it's also yeah. hard because the people who are here are like really great. Right, I wouldn't yeah. really miss them. So. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 hard to leave. And I think it's made even more complicated, obviously, by uh, COVID-19 and um, oh, all yeah. of the the entire uh, trash fire that is our entire <laughs> society and uh, government at the moment. Um, I mean, I'm sure that even the New York City gaming community is all over the place at this point. Would you say? Dispersed out of New York or? Dispersed out of New York. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of... It's like a little bit of both. Like I think mm-hmm. what's actually interesting is that some of the people who are in sort of the New York games community specifically are some people live in Connecticut or Jersey and kind of yeah. come in. So it's the community is not so much like people who explicitly live in New York, but it's people who kind of elect to be a part of the community. I mean, shout mm-hmm. out to um, like Gumbo is sort of what I'm circling, which is this collective of uh, game studios called and Gumbo is in games under the Manhattan Bridge overpass. Um, <laughs> that, they're kind of like the lifeblood, in my opinion, of the game scene in New York. Yeah. But all those people are from sort of all boroughs, Jersey, Connecticut, whatever. Yeah. Um, and would, would commute basically into the city to go work in sort of the shared co-working space together. Um, and all, and that, that, really I think cool. the co-working yeah. space has basically been, I don't know if it's been vacated, but a lot of people have moved out because of sort of shitty policies by the um, company that runs it. But yeah, so they've kind of dispersed around um, and they're still, we're still together online through like a Slack channel, but it's not, uh, it's not the same, you know, we're not seeing each other all the time. Well, I would love to talk with us about you for a whole hour, but we do have um, a game that we're going we to, to play at some point. I'm so excited. I know. I'm, I'm excited that you brought this. I'm excited that you brought this to us for sure. Or you brought this idea because we were talking about what to play and you suggested the idea of a type of game called Old School Revival. And I had never heard of this before. Um, It's apparently, or Old School Renaissance, uh, apparently. It's just kind of like this movement about uh, tabletop role-playing games for players that really is more kind of open to creativity is what it sounds like. Yeah. If you were going to introduce Old School Revival (laughs) to someone who had never heard of it before, and it wasn't me, what would you like? How would you even explain that to somebody? Having actually had to do this recently, in part, I think uh-huh. like uh, it's it's. I think it's specifically like I think I think it's easy to hear old school Renaissance or revival and sort of imply that mm. you need to have a a knowledge of the past to be able to appreciate the sort of thing. Sort of like in the way that like if you're playing a video game, um, and you're reading like a, a retro, you're playing like a retro game. Um, there's like a callback and sense to like through mechanics or aesthetics that implies that you like this game because you played something like this in the past and osr stuff specifically there's some stuff that's very much like that it's like the greatest hits of 1970 (laughs) Um, but the best way to describe it from my opinion is actually someone someone recently or i don't know i saw it recently but someone actually sort of like uh changed what the acronym stands for and made it instead of being old school renaissance or old school revival uh, made it stand for open source role playing, um, okay. which is actually kind of a, it gets at some of the ideas of it. And so the OSR to me, what the OSR means to me is specifically that is a, it's like a kind of 
a loose collection of people who are defined by all creating um, role-playing materials that all sort of work together. Mm. Um, and they share some similar thematic things. So um, specifically, the games are often like much more open. Um, they're much, they can be much more sandboxy and the games in general rely less on stats necessarily. That's more about games often tends more towards like exploration and puzzle solving. They're also okay. like highly lethal uh, <laughs> characters die. And so it's, I think yeah. something people will say is that in OSR, you're sort of like, you're, you're like a lowly person and like, you might become a, a hero. You might become a hero. Whereas sort of the starting point for something like D&D is that you're a hero and like you might become a superhero. Um, so the comparison is sort of like Batman is OSR and Superman is like typical, you know, modern day role playing. Interesting. Um, okay. I see that. So, so just trying yeah. to give a little bit more grit seemingly into Dungeons and Dragons is kind yeah, of Yeah, a little bit. Like. I think in some stuff doesn't have to be that and some stuff can be, but I think one thing that I've found with just old school stuff in general or OSR stuff in general is that it's it's actually like it's it weirdly works for like our current climate of a lot of voice call stuff. Um mm. specifically because you have stat sheets that are pretty light. And I think some people who play OSR games would actually say that if you have to look at your stat sheet a lot during a game, like the game is failing. The idea is that you're sort of role playing. It's more the game is more of a conversation and a dialogue Mm -hmm. and you shouldn't be checking your stat sheet all the time. Um, Which like if we're on a Zoom call, like we are right now, it's actually much easier for you and I to sort of work together to like build a story. is actually way more conducive to video calls. It's way more streamlined. It works faster. It's more of like having a conversation with people. Um, sure. And then in that way, it sort of enforces like if we're exploring together. I, I, I totally hear you. I think it's, I think it stems from, and we play a lot of games that are like that anyway, that aren't necessarily labeled OSR here on gameplay. I totally hear that games with fewer rules and fewer like numbers are more accessible and create more of kind of a storytelling aspect. Yeah, totally. So let's, I guess, give them as much of a piece of that as we can. Um, What we're going to be playing today is an OSR by the name of Mothership. It is a science fiction horror RPG created by Tuesday Night Games. Um, the one shot that we're going to be playing for Mothership is called The Haunting of Ypsilon 14. Um, and this is obviously a game that is happening in space. Uh, there is an amount of rolling here, mostly D10s, uh, sometimes called percentage die, um, with you have to be rolling successfully over or under uh, your character stats in order to successfully do things. Um, and of course, to uh, succeed at uh, defeating the scary thing. Let's, I guess, try to get into defeating the scary thing. Why don't you introduce your character for us, Kyle? I will. So um, in the spirit of how fast OSR stuff is, I'd roll yeah. this character up in like 10 minutes, maybe. Pretty good. Yeah. It's great. Got a whole, I got a whole story. So I'm, Ooh. I'm bringing to, do we know, do I know what Ypsilon is? Like uh, as, Ypsilon, a, as a character? Sure. Ypsilon 14 is a remote asteroid mining base. So Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, I was just—I was just trying to—I don't know if I could weave in some story stuff here. Please, um, by all means. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, so I'm June Donahue. I am uh, the scientist aboard the uh, Falstaff ship. Uh, I've arrived at Ypsilon. I think Aaron said because my my crew decided to send me off on a dispatch mission 
Um, they're they're like more important stuff to do, and they just sent the sent the scientist. Um, I'm skilled specifically yeah. in computers, mathematics, um, hacking, and first aid. I'm most known for uh, Aaron. You don't think you know this? You don't know this about June Donahue, but Mm-mm, he was yet. the one that June Donahue was the guy that created the fabled virus called the June Bug. <gasps> um, it was a it was a bug that uh, he installed on some space station that it wiretapped. Uh, the whole space station for eight months undetected oh, and it allowed a uh, some organization to sort of spy on this other uh, spaceship that's owned by a competing organization was able to basically ramsack some of their trading lines so uh, June Donahue famous for the June bug now aboard the fall staff okay I think to give you just a, a peek into June Donahue's personality he has a patch on his vest that says I can't fix stupid um, so I'm kind of thinking like <laughs> senior software engineer vibe a little bit like definitely mm-hmm. wears an aloha shirt sometimes sure but otherwise yeah kind of your 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 bog standard scientist who's got a proficiency in hacking um and kind of found his way onto a spaceship for reasons we're not sure about but there he is he's getting sent off to this asteroid because i think i i would not be surprised if he was kind of getting making some of the other crew just a little testy <laughs> yeah they were they were probably like uh, we gotta get, get give this guy fucking like, something to God, do just, so yeah, like i like, mean there's no we have a cargo a job. Captain. Why don't you go pick some shit up? Yeah, he's like, just go out. I don't know. Go get some flight training in. So yeah, exactly. I'm sent off to Ypsilon. Indeed, you have. You've been sent off to Ypsilon 14 on your own on the fall stuff. And as you uh, pull up to the base, you reach out to the team leader of the base. Uh, her name is Sonia. And she she seems a little uh, distracted, but she greets you and uh, authorizes docking to docking bay number two and opens the airlocks for you to come on board the base. Uh, when you enter into um, the workspace there, you see, um, you know, it's a workspace in action. There are work, work boots clang and echo. Heavily used but sturdy working gear is stowed in cubbies, overalls, flashlights, short-range radios, handheld mining tools, 10 sets of each, nine vac suits on, on wall hooks. Uh, one of the mining tools, a handheld laser cutter, is also missing. Cramped corridors lead to um, what to other locations elsewhere on the ship. Um, what looks like a location probably to some cruise quarters, you know, because I got to sleep somewhere. Um, there's a massive generator sitting in one corner by an industrial vent alongside the workspace computer terminal, slowly beeping out lines of data. Uh, and the floor opens up into a yawning pit. Uh, with a mechanized drill and pump system penetrating down into the dark mine shaft. Uh, it looks like there is kind of a Spartan Fright elevator uh, there to carry miners to and from the entrance. So you kind of enter into this kind of very, I mean, large enough to hold all of this fucking shit in it, like space. Um <laughs> And you enter into the room and you see there are a number of individuals that are uh, in this workspace at this time. It looks like there is um, team leader Sonia, who, after letting you in, has uh, turned back to kind of a um, intense conversation with like kind of a short male figure um, who uh, appears to be kind of like, but with like strong hands and arms and also uh, behind them standing very like tall and muscularly built uh, is this very quiet um, uh, older gentleman who um, appears to be kind of listening in, but is appears to be less 
attentive to what's going on. Can I walk? Do I do I know what I'm there for? Like when I'm um, picking up something? Yeah. So you're here to pick up another collection of uh, metal sheets and like raw materials that are going to be used on your base for different repairs, projects, things like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd love to walk up to Sonia and say like, hey, this is, uh, right. I'm June from the from the fall staff, just here to pick up just the, the routine, just right. coming here to pick up the stuff. Uh, Sonia turns around and uh, she says, yes, of course, uh, we'll, we'll get this, we'll board this for you right away. I hope you don't mind that uh, waiting for a minute though, because we're trying to um, solve a bit of an issue. You see one of the workers has uh, disappeared and we're not really sure where he went. I don't understand how on earth this could have happened. And she kind of turns to the uh, shorter shorter, uh, man who you see seems to be kind of, he seems to be very earnestly listening to her and very concerned. Um, Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you have a man disappear on a, is it the places you have, you're, you're locked off, right? You can't, there's only one way in and out. How do you have a man? Right. The only, right. Exactly. Sonia agrees with you. She says, um, yeah, like there's the two airlocks to so the docking bays, the one you were on, and then of course uh, the first docking bay, which has had Heracle- the Heracles, and Dr. Giovanni has been here for several months, um, although we haven't seen him for a bit. Uh, but yeah, it's just those two exits, and then um, the airlock that uh, prevents, that goes down into the mine de- shafts. We have no idea, there's no no record of an airlock opening. We haven't found any sort of like sign of an attack though either. No blood, no body. The, the young man goes, ah. <laughs> you kind of like freaked out by the idea of a body. Um, she goes, yeah, I'm just not sure what's what's going on. Did he arrive on the Heracles? Like, honestly, it's just, it's our mining engineer, Mike. He's He's been here for a while. He disappeared last night. No one knows why, where he is. He was here and then he was gone. And do you need... Do you need help, or should I just grab my stuff and go? I can't tell. Do you do you need anything? Do you guys have it under control? You look you do look worried, um, uh, but I'm not sure. You you know um, you do seem to be kind of a scientist type. Would you mind? <laughs> <laughs> would, would you mind giving us a hand here? Yeah, sure. I, I'm I'm yeah. I'll help you out. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I, this is, of course, excuse my excuse my manners. This is our um, our breaker Ashraf, which is a young man. And then she points to um, the stronger, like larger gentleman, and she says, "And this is our loader Kantaro." Ashraf kind of like smiles and kind of goes to shake your hand, and Kantaro just kind of stands there quietly. Nice. He doesn't look like he's bathed in a few days. Can I smell him from where I'm at? You smell where you're at? Probably, to be (laughs) honest. I can't imagine that space really uh, insulates very well. Sonia says, yes, so obviously we have all of us here. Our other other workers, uh, we have our putter, Re. She is uh, in the... She's in the cruise quarters right now, kind of looking through his thing, seeing if she can find anything. Uh, And then, of course, we still need to keep work going. So uh, we have our drillers down uh, in the mine shaft trying to keep work going because we still have these loads to go. We just need to figure out where Mike went. Like, he can't have gone far. Yeah, what do you, what is the, what do you need me to look at for, do you just want me to scan the tunnels? I've got some, um, 
I might have some stuff on me or just, you know, if you've got just a basic sort of operating system that every mining station has, I've been I've been cracking these since I was 13. So if you need me to look in some cameras or something's down, I can I can help you out. If you, I mean, if you think that would be helpful, I don't think we found anything. We haven't found anything like too strange. Um, there were traces of a strange substance that we found like in the mine a couple of months ago, but and Mike had been acting a little weird since we found it, but it's it, that was a couple months ago. I, I hadn't thought of it since now, but where did you find it at? Um, we found it in the mine. Actually, it was it was that discovery that got Doctor Giovanni so excited. He's a geologist, you know. They like, you know, stuff that shows up. <laughs> I talked to. Do you know where Giovanni is either? Then Giovanni has been in his ship for a while but uh and she kind of points to the other airlock that you see that's like completely closed off um but she says but there's like a, a lock key that he kind of engaged and we don't know how to get in mm, um i know how to get in <laughs> how are you gonna try, are you gonna try to get in uh yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys would be okay with this, but I have, I know how to break these keys pretty normally. I can't imagine that the station has got, you know, extra level security uh, on, in terms of its, you know, electronics. No, no offense to your, to your station, but I mean, you're, you guys are out here, you're just hauling basic materials. It's not like you're pulling up, you know, fine, fine ores or luxury materials. Like you have got, you've got standard airlocks. I feel like, Sonia extends her arms and she says, you see what you have. <laughs> <laughs> so if you, if you guys don't care, I would like to, you know, go see if I can find a way into this, uh, this airlock or it might just, it might just open when I, when you look away, you might, you might hear it open. I think we can make that happen. And she kind of points to, to Ashraf <laughs> and Kantaro and kind of tries to wave them back to work. Kantaro, um, is a little slow to get back to it. Sorry, what was Kantara's job again? Uh, a loader. Loader. And then this this room that I'm into, it's like a it's it's sort of like a big, maybe like like a hundred by a hundred foot room or something. It's sort of like the the general loading area for the airlocks. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty it's a pretty big room. It's the loading area for the airlocks. So there are two of those. It also has this kind of ton of this. Um, kind of cramped corridor exit down to the quarters and of course um, the elevator down to into the mine shaft. And what, once I enter, do I see anybody in addition to Sonia, Ashra, or Kintaro that looks like they're like packing in a way that if I make, if I try to basically hack this airlock, are they gonna does anyone look kind of suspicious? Um, there's no one else in this room. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'd walk to the airlock and see um uh, presumably there's some sort of terminal on the docking side that I could like access and see if I could maybe hack yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Um, go ahead and try to hack it. Make, I guess, an intellect check. Yeah, I have an intellect and then I have, um, I have a hacking skill, so I get a plus 15. So I'm trying to roll under 66. Yes. Okay. That's right, a, so that's a D100, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's the percentage die, the D100, and then if it's underneath, it's a success. 
And if it's a double, it's a critical success if it's underneath. Critical. It's a critical hacking success. <laughs> critical hack. Uh, da, da, da. Well, um, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to pause as you it, right there. As the yeah. Because make, make um, the call. behind the scenes, while you've been trying to figure this out, I have actually uh, had some. Um, behind the scenes stuff going on and while you're have your back turned to uh just like, like the room on my keyboard yeah tab typing away trying to figure out is that a 100 is that a one i don't know what the number is like you're trying to figure that out and um you hear a scream from behind you uh and it sounds like it's ashraf and you, you turn around and it looks like the top half of kantaro is completely gone what? Holy shit. Oh my god. Okay. And and Ashraf is like completely freaked out. Sonia is um also also extremely extremely shocked. Uh she's just standing there open mouth, like kind of looking around as if she's trying to find something, but she can't see it. Should I roll for a, a fear save on that? Someone just fucking yeah. blew up. Yeah, I would Jesus say Christ. a fear save. It's pretty right. traumatic. Maybe this die will be a little more easier to determine yeah. about. 62. Oh, and I'm uh, 25. Wow, I failed the fuck out of that. So you failed, so I would say gain one stress. <laughs> Man. <laughs> this, listen, this, this spaceship, that's not... I just want to be back home doing my script kitty stuff, just hacking. I didn't sign up for someone to give me a blown up. <laughs> Do I? Did I hear a gunshot or anything? No. Did I hear any... Did I, I just... I heard nothing besides the You heard like a kind of a, like a sucking squelching sounds and then silence. God, is there what And now screaming. It, I guess can I can I go walk over to them? Kind of like I guess I run over there to like see what the hell is going on. Yeah. Uh so you run over um it looks like uh Ashraf is now in tears freaking out like looking all around. Sonia is um now running over to head of the workstation and trying to get like comms working to try to reach out to um, all of the different like uh, members of the base to check in, see where they are, see if they're okay. Um, and as you're looking at the bottom half of uh, Kantaro, the legs, um, it's interesting because you see this like yellow stuff coming out of like the wounds and it looks like it's like trying to almost like cover up the bottom half, like almost like it's trying to seal itself. It looks really strange. Ugh. So it looks like it's a alive. It looks like it's 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 something. It's, it sounds like it's not obeying the laws of gravity. Like it's not just like blood oozing out of the bottom half no. of a man. It's it's like a yellow goo. <laughs> if I told everyone to like get back, would they listen to me? Just to like step away from the body? Sure. I mean, I think Sonia's already kind of like away from the body, and I think Ashraf is freaked out enough that you could tell him to like. <laughs> Go off to the side, breathe into a bag for a minute. I go talk to Sonia specifically, yeah. and like I say, um, I know, I know you're freaking out right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry yeah. for your loss. <laughs> a I don't, fucking I don't, person just died just, in front of me. Yeah, I've been here for ten minutes. I promised it wasn't me. Uh, <laughs> I'm stressing out right now, and I'm freaking out. But also, or when I arrived, Katara looked. He looked weird, and. This other guy um, that's disappeared, Mike, is also is like looked weird. Like, have you? I'm I'm worried you're calling some of your crew back. And if, can you think of anyone else that's like 
looked sort of off in this way because I don't want them to see what is in this room and maybe freak them out more. Like, can we actually can we contain this room? Can we actually step into the crew hall for a second, try to seal the room off before we? You you want me to not call people back here? I want I would love for you to not call people. Something back just here attacked. Right something just sucked off the top half, and I didn't see what it was. I I mean I, was, I didn't see it either, but I'm I'm worried that if other people i'm worried that the more time we spend in this room um the more susceptible we are to we don't know what's coming out of his body unless you know what that yellow shit is and you're not telling me right now i'm worried it's poisonous we're in a enclosed space um, i think we should get out of this room she she I mean, does yeah she looks at it and she does say she says um this looks a lot oh it, it looks a lot like this like the stuff we found the stuff that like dr giovanni was all obsessed with what is that what the fuck is that while y'all are talking um like a small woman with like really like short cropped like black hair like runs into the room from the cruise quarters and she goes like what is happening oh my god is is that is that fucking you, Pantaro? like what the get fuck? out of get out of this you didn't see anything okay. we have to listen don't tell anyone else what you're seeing here we need to get out of this room would there be a way for us to go through the door yeah. on the way to the cruise quarters, close the door, and then see back into the hangar room? Sure, sure. Yeah, you um, you go, you can move into the cruise quarters, close the door, and uh, Sonia kind of uses, like, she has, like, um, a key card on her, and she uses it to lock it, and uh, you guys are peering into the room, and it's quiet, empty except for that bottom half of a man is there and there, is anyone inside the crew or i guess are we in the hallway between the rooms or are we in the crew quarters specifically i'll say you're in the quarters by this point is there anyone else in here um so there's the the woman that you guys ran into whose name is re um but besides re um and at this point it looks like uh you see people in the hallway from the quarters to like what is essentially north looking up uh, through what must be like maybe an eating area, like another hanging out area. You see um, two more uh, women coming down, one holding a cat. Um, interestingly enough, of course, now you have Ashraf who is a huddling mess in the corner um, and you're in the quarters right now. Um, so it's Sonia, Ashraf, Re, and then the two women and the cat in the hallway. Cat lady. Yeah. <laughs> Is there, is the, does the room sort of dead end into the mess hall? Um, or are there other pathways out of the crew quarters? So, um, to the north is the mess hall, and then to the south, it looks like there's like a washrooms area. Gotcha. And I'm, I'm like, oh, it's like, yeah, you know, it's partly my fault. I, I sort of, I arrived and then I was, I was like, you know, I was checking out their computer system. It looked like, the, it looked like a good vintage system that I'm a, I'm a fan of. I've got a copy of the machine back on, back in my space pod on, whatever space station I live on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've never seen one, you know, working before. So I kind of, I, I excitedly ran to it. And it is my fault. Like I, I think I freaked some people out, but everyone's, everyone's fine. Uh, we're just, we want to, we want Qatar to take care of the fire first before we let people back into the room. So. Um, oh, you're lying. So you're lying to them. I'm lot. We're lot. We, you're me lying. and Sonia are lying to them. They kind of look at you and they nod and go, all right, all right. <laughs> Scientists. Scientist person, yeah. you know, Scientist seems family. smart. Okay. 
What now? Um, you are in a, uh, just for a little bit more context, the quarters are simple bucks, bunks in a series of 10 small individual rooms. They have, they are ceiling tiles up above, um, but of course, uh, all of the 10 bunks have, you know, people's like belongings in them. Uh, there is one that seems to have been unused for some time and is used more like a couch now. There's a game console and a small portable cassette player. I asked Sonia, I said, does Mike live in these quarters, right? She nodded. She points to where Mike's stuff is. And does um, does everyone on the station also know that Mike is missing? Sonia kind of says, well, we all noticed that he wasn't here, but I told them that he went down into the mines early to fix a problem, so... How long has he been gone for? Since last night. Do you think, Sonia, if we went and looked in his bunk, it'd be suspicious for people, or can we just go, you know... I'll distract them, don't worry. She goes off and talks to the crew. Yeah, so I'd love to go to wherever his... Okay. She, if uh, she knows where it's at, yeah, I can go to his bunk and sort of look around and see if I see so, anything. Yeah, now make an intellect check. 24 on a 51. Success. Okay, so uh, it actually looks pretty clean. A thorough search reveals that there is a, kind of a cache behind a ceiling tile. You kind of like get up and you kind of see that there's like a loose tile above and you move it. And it looks like there is um, an empty squirt bottle um, used for missing plants, along with a revolver and some ammunition. As you kind of reach up into the ceiling tiles, you can easily see that it looks like there's like a crawl space up above, full of wiring and pipes. Sonia's with an earshot, right? Uh, yeah, she's just distracting the crew, but they're all in there together. If I walk up to her, I say, um, do you guys have plants? On this ship? Uh, yes, we um, we have a hydroponic garden. Um, she kind of like waves towards the mess. Um, we all take care of it together. If I um... more uh, the the cat lady says, yeah, actually, wasn't it? It was Mike's turn to to keep it up for the for the last month. Where where is he? I haven't like. I mean, he's got to be tired of working in the mines by this point. Sonia kind of goes. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I say like I say okay, and then I um. I walk back to Mike's thing. Yeah. They're, they're individual rooms, right? So if I was to like prop yeah. up into the... Can I, can I put, like poke my head into the ceiling tile and see if I can sure. see anything else in there? Yeah. I also have a flashlight. Yeah, cool. Um, you actually do see um, what looks to be like an unmarked yellow cassette tape. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'd like to pick that up. Okay. You have it. I have it. Uh, I have no way to... Well, it's it's just a normal cassette? Yes. There was a portable cassette player in the unused bunk that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> oh, next to the game system. Yeah. Um, I go over there to the <laughs> portable cassette system. <laughs> cool. And then slap that bad boy in there. And I say, right. I hope this is ACDC. Okay, um, I actually have... So the game actually provided some audio for this. Oh, yes. Uh, so I'm going to um, sh- try to share this audio with you. This is Mike. I'm not... I'm not okay. Something is wrong. The water... I, I don't know. I can't stay up here for long. I broke the shower. I told someone it was an accident, but it's the water. I don't think it likes the water. 
I'm going back into the mine. I need quiet. Oh, God, I don't know. Please fix me. I don't... I don't know what's happening. I feel like I should make a sanity save, maybe? That seems like... To, if I was, like, in yeah. this situation, I would be... Yeah, that makes sense. Make pretty, that save. Uh, man, I hope I make the save. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I got a 40 on a 40. Um, so it's equal or under is a success. So Beautiful. Success. Success. I'm, st- I'm still like freaking out. I'm just like, I think I, I like wave Sonya over. Mm-hmm. I just, I just found this tape above Mike's bed. He sounds, he sounds really distressed. I'm like, listen to this. Uh, she puts it on and she sits and she listens for a minute. And I mean, her her face gets visibly pale uh, listening to this kind of distress. And she says, "I don't think it likes the water. What what is it? What is that?" He said he broke the shell. No, he said he broke the shower. He did break a shower. He did tell me it was an accident. It's but it. it... Where's the bathroom? I think we need to go investigate the shower that he broke. So as you guys are discussing this. Um, you hear that like weird suction sound again, and it, it like you see it looks like that that woman Re, uh, that kind of small woman, is being she's like disappearing chunk by chunk into something, and like yeah. she's like she like within the quarters, and like everyone is now like freaking out again around her as uh yeah Re's dead she's gone she's completely she's disappeared yeah she disappeared yeah. Um, uh, I would roll roll a um, roll a fear check, man. Roll a fear save. Oh, sixty nine on twenty five. That's a that's a big old. All right, effort. I would add two stress for this. Two stress, dear God. Something's happening. You're a scientist. It's fair. You just heard all of this unnerving stuff. I'm so I'm freaking out. So yeah. I saw. I am. I like the sign. Did you did you just see that? And yeah, yeah like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> like, he's gone? The the cat woman, actually, the cat in the woman's arms is freaking, like, she, like, that cat is uh, hissing <laughs> and spitting, and, I mean, it is, like, screaming at the, uh, it's, like, screaming at the vents, actually. Like, this cat is, like, really freaked out, like, glaring the at the vents, like, won't take its eyes off them. I gotta run back to Mike's uh, crew quarters, and, like, pop my head in the vents and like shine a flashlight in the direction that I like yeah. triangulate is the direction of the vents. You don't see anything. Nothing. Mm-mm. Can I grab the canister, that like the spray bottle up there and like yeah. spray it a little bit in the vents? Uh, so the squirt bottle is empty right now. Empty. Fuck. I think I, I, I get out of the vent and I go back to Sonya like we gotta go check out the shower right now. Like this is what you have to do. I don't know okay. where it's at. Yeah, I mean, it's a series of, like, showers and toilets, a series of cubicles. Um, one shower is out of order. It looks like there's a large, clunky, like, extractor in the ceiling that filter- filters out steam in the vents. Uh, it looks like it could be easily removed. Is there? Is it pretty clear which shower is broken? Yeah, it seems to be, like, marked off, and it looks like, like, almost a shower head has been, like, wrenched off, like, removed. So I, I, w- I would love to go to that shower and, like, look around and see if there's anything else that seems, like weird or strange about this shower besides the fact that it's out of order. Okay. Make an intellect check. 
29 on a 51. Like, it looks like someone, like, actively went and, like, tried to, you know, break it. It looks like um, there might be a little bit of yellow goo on some of that as well. I, I see that, and I'm like, shit. I think I think I'm I'm starting to form an idea in my mind, and I, I go run back to Mike's quarters and grab the squirt bottle, and then okay. I come back to the washroom and try to fill it up. Okay, you can fill it up. I squirt the yellow stuff with the the water from the bottle just to see what happens. Okay, so you squirt the yellow stuff. It it looks like it almost like withers like a like a plant that's dying. I look to Sonia and I say, like, um, do you have any sort of, like, thing we could, like, put a lot of water in and could carry it? Like, a, hmm. like, do you have, like, a pressure washer? Surely you guys have to wash some ships or something. Like, do you have some sort of watery thing? I mean, I mean, the whole mess area, like, we, we, we store most of our water in there, in the kitchen. Um, and there's there's probably also, like, fire, hydro, fire protection stuff in there. <laughs> I know I know space. I know space stuff. Space. Um, can I assume that there's like a, some sort of like thermos or something that I could like fill up? Um, sure. I'd, I'd say you find two. Okay. I tell Sonia, I say, it looks like the yellow stuff. That, did you, did um, you go into the mess for that? Uh, yes. I went to the mess hall to try to grab the thermoses and then fill them up with water. Okay. Uh, Don't mind me. I'm not rolling anything back I'm here. Not rolling stuff over quietly. <laughs> um, I fill them up, and I go to Sonia. I'm like, uh, I think I don't know what's going on. I don't know where Mike is at. I don't know what that dude is doing on the Heracles, but it seems like this yellow stuff doesn't like water. Mike's tape said it. I just tried it in the shower. Like, I, there's something. I'm wondering if we should go back to the docking bay and see if we can I know it's going to be hard for you because it's Kentaro but I we should try I want to try spraying water on some of that stuff to see what happens there as well and also can you lock off the rest of the washroom to try to make sure no one else goes in here um she kind of nods and she says okay okay I'll try I'll try to I'll talk to the to the rest of the crew um see what I can do do you want anyone? Do you, do, like, do you want any go? Anyone to go with you? Like, do you have anybody that is uh, good with a gun? Morgan, maybe. She's the one with the cat. <laughs> oh yeah, actually, yeah. Can you bring? Can you bring Morgan and the cat? Yeah. Yeah, Morgan. Like, you go. You go to the to the quarters and um, more. And you kind of like look to Morgan, and uh, she kind of nods and she says yep uh prince and i here are uh, ready for duty for whatever the fuck that problem was okay so then we um we go we go to act like we're gonna go into the door for the for the docking bay and i look yeah. to morgan or i look to sonia and i say can you can you tell her what she's about to see so she is ready and doesn't scream because we don't want to make the rest of the crew scared Sonia kind of goes and um, lays kind of a hand on on Morgan and kind of talks to her and Morgan um, stiffens um, and she has like actually surprisingly like interestingly like muscular arms it looks like she might be doing a lot of like work with her hands on the ship and she um, clutches her cat tighter to her 
and uh, as she um, tries to work on that. She kind of nods, though, stiff upper lip style, and goes ahead and goes to walk with you. So we try to we open the um, the door. Okay. I'm making sure that no one else is really can, is like looking in our direction, or could mm-hmm. I don't know if there'd be like an eye line to like Kentaro's body, but we walk in and then I look at the body and try to see if anything has changed about Kentaro. Honestly, as you go to look at the body again, it looks like. It's starting to melt in a way. It's weird. It's like this yellow goo is like now like melting like the rest of this like bottom half down. Morgan kind of makes like a gagging sound. She's like, that was Kentaro? I look like him <laughs> at all. She's like de- depressed. Uh, is, how, what's the cat doing? Uh, the cat is uh, very, very, like just very freaked out doesn't seem like it's like freaking out as much as it was in the back in the other room but oh, fuck <laughs> sorry um you hear another scream behind you <laughs> and morgan ghosts look back yeah you uh morgan like curses up like a like curses of a fucking storm and she says holy shit Sonia Sonia's gone it got whatever the fuck <laughs> this is it got Sonia uh. <laughs> the cat is once again um hissing and spitting I think I should roll another sanity yeah or fear roll another fear check <sighs> oh a 77 it's a critical fail so on a critical fail now you have to make a panic check yeah <laughs> like freaking out for a panic check it's make stress. Uh, you have to roll over your, the number of stress that you have to not panic but if it's equal to or under you fail <laughs> I got a 17 that is far over my current stress okay so I don't um, panic and I relieve one. So you can relieve one. I'm just like, I'm like, I've seen this shit before. It's freaking me the fuck out. But yeah. like, I'm not surprised. It's also really weird because like, it's not like you see much like blood. They just kind of disappear. So it's, it's almost like, like it's almost out. bizarrely unreal in a way. Can I like go over there and like squirt where she disappeared with the water bottle? Uh, you know what? Sure. Uh, you run, You run into the room and make an intellect check for me. Uh, oh god a 77 that's a critical fail again oh come on so you you kind of look around and you're trying to figure out where to like squirt this thing but um (laughs) would you like to describe how you miss something entirely yeah i don't know how i critical fail a a water bottle spray i don't know (laughs) oh i think what i do is i i squirt the bottle and like i i like dump it all out on accident like i like somehow like i squirt it and i uh i like break the the spritzer or something yeah Um, yeah 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 so you can't use that again essentially you break it. but i have my i have my thermoses but i can't spritz water anymore right Um, yeah but you hear the cat start to hiss and spit again and you do kind of start to uh you look where the cat is looking and the cat is looking up at the vents again and it looks like it's like open the and, vents open yeah um, cat's freaking out i go run to the vent and mm-hmm. it 
try to like I guess pull it open more and then take one of the thermoses and just try to like dump water in there. Okay. Roll a speed check for me. This is going to be a counter roll here. Battling speed checks. Here we go. I got a 10. Which succeeds your uh, speed percentage, I assume? Oh, uh, yeah. My speed is a 22. Right. I definitely failed because I got a 67. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You tell me how you pour water on this unseen thing. And I hear this this noise happening um, and I see the cat hissing and I like, I'm just like running over there and like unscrewing the top of this thermos. Mm -hmm. And then basically, I think I just try to like, just try to like dump basically as much water as like a single thrust of a thermos uh, would allow. Okay, you throw it in there and the water goes through and um, you know it pours on something because you see the way that the water like kind of drips and it doesn't even make a sound. It just, it seems like it kind of retreats and gets weirdly smaller and smaller until it's like this tiny thing in the vent. It might be dead, maybe. It might be dead? Shit. But I can't see like what what's, what it is in there? Um, You see a puddle of brown crusty goo start to pour out of it. Start to pour out of it? Ugh. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, that's where we're going to have to leave it. <laughs> Oh, no. I know. I hate this. Um, but we are way over time right now. Um, <laughs> and the, But this was way too much fun, and I just I just had to keep it going. Um, so thank you so much for that. This was awesome. Yeah, I, gotta, I, it's, I have the adventure over here, and I want to, like, read it to figure oh out what's going on. Yeah, it's fascinating. If you don't mind a little bit of a peek behind the curtains... Um, I was I was really excited because essentially I was instructed that every ten minutes of real time I had to roll a d10 and see who died. Oh, just any just anybody. And well, I mean any NPC, and if you were alone, it would attack you. <laughs> Whoa, that's cool. I know. This was why I was like, like don't mind me, gotta... just rolling random shit in the corner. Um, where uh, can they find you? Where can they listen to you? I know you have several podcasts. Um, go ahead and plug your stuff. I'm most active, like most game developers, on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is, uh, it's K and then K-U-K-S-H-T-E-L. You can listen to the podcast I do about video games called Bad End, um, as well as a podcast I do specifically about uh, the game Disco Elysium, which is called Savoir Fair. Both of those, as well as bullet points, exist under Superculture, which is a network of sort of editorials, editorial media and podcasts that I started with some friends to kind of like highlight um, and talk about games in the way that we want to talk about games those are the main places. Uh, you can subscribe to Rendered, the, my newsletter. It's rendered.substack.com. Oh, you can find out, I guess, Cantata yep. as well. Cantata, you can- Cantata, okay. Hey. Yeah, wishlist that on Steam. That helps a lot. Um, tell your friends about it. If you like tactical strategy games like Advanced Wars or like Civilization, uh, check it out. Uh, and yeah. And also don't forget, if you want to support Radio Free Brooklyn, uh, if you can afford a small donation, uh, it would go a long way to helping us stay on air uh, as our most of our revenue streams have evaporated. So please, if you have some time and are willing to make a donation to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate, I implore that you do. But I also uh, hope that you would be willing to uh, take a look and pay attention, um, me personally, into the Black Lives Matter movement and all of the different many organizations that could really use your money and help right now. Different uh, Brooklyn bail funds would be, I think, immensely helpful for people who Especially have right been. Now. Um, so please do what you can. And don't forget to take care of yourselves and play some creepy games as well at the same time. Uh, so thank you again, Kyle, for being here. Thank you for um, having me. 
Yeah. And uh, thanks to our listeners for staying tuned on Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I hope you all stay safe and also stay empowered.